Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Hi, I'm Paul Spain and welcome to this very special edition of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Over the last few days, I've been at Intel's IDF conference uh, happening in San Francisco uh, and at a number of related events. Now, this episode brings together some of the highlights of this trip, uh, which has been kindly funded by uh, by Intel. Now, I have to say, it's been uh, it's been quite some time since I've been as excited about the internal uh, chips that sit inside of our phones, uh, tablets, and uh, and various other sort of computing devices as I have been this year. Uh, and this is really the reason. Um, well, the reason for this is is really the uh, the interesting things that have been coming through, uh, particularly from from Intel in their uh, in their processes this year. And and really that that's leading to some uh, some some great new products, and there there really have been some uh, some some cool stuff coming through uh, in in recent weeks, uh, and you would have caught that in in the podcast over the last uh, certainly over the last uh, couple couple of months uh, products like the MacBook Air that's just uh, delivered uh, you know uh, much better battery life than we've seen in uh, in laptops for instance in in the past uh, but there's there's been a range of innovations coming through now um yeah please excuse some of the uh, some of the confusing uh, names of these these various products Intel Bay Trail and Silvermont for instance uh, these are all names associated with um uh, Intel's newest platform Look, first up on the podcast on the, on this occasion, um, we're going to hear about the new Atom system from Intel, uh, which utilizes the Bay Trail platform and, and Silvermont uh, CPU, uh, and that's followed by a quick update uh, on the changes coming to servers uh, with Intel's latest refresh, and then we'll talk specifically about some of the uh, the very exciting new products uh, that are being made possible by this latest um, uh, refresh in the, the chip technologies. So let's get started. This is Paul Spain coming to you from San Francisco. I'm with the team from, uh, from Intel right now, um, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, Paul. This is Matt Dunford. I'm part of Intel's client benchmarking group. Hi, I'm Clem G. Wong. I'm a performance engineer at Intel. My name is Franco Francisco, and I'm also a performance engineer at Intel. Great. Well, thank, thanks, guys, for uh, for joining me. Now, we've had a fascinating day today, uh, really looking at the new uh, Bay Trail platform, the new uh, Atom technology, and uh, and getting a little bit of a handle on uh, what it can do. Um, maybe you can run through uh, some of the highlights there, Matt. Be happy to. So we're very excited about the upcoming product here that has been codenamed Bay Trail. Uh, we believe it's going to deliver some significant new enhancements for people. Uh, I'll be going into some tablets, which will be coming out in the near future. People can expect um, uh, better performance than our previous generation. In fact, uh, we're seeing about twice the performance on a lot of applications. And on games, we're seeing three times, so many times even more than three times faster on games. That's if you're comparing similar type of platforms. Uh, Other things that people might be interested in is when comparing the new Bay Trail tablets to the previous generation, you'll see a lot of them coming out now with higher screen resolutions. So the previous generation, a lot of times, were coming out with, say, a 13 by 7 screen. 
the Bay Trail tablets will be coming out with uh, higher, like 1080p, or maybe even higher resolution screens than that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting to see. We've you know we've always thought of the Atom as as being a you know a lower power processor that you know can't maybe uh, drive the sort of the bigger screen resolutions and so on. Um, what is it that makes that uh, that possible in this uh, in this generation? Well, we're certainly going to keep the best of what we've done with Atom, right? We're going to keep that low power. So Baytrail is definitely a low power processor, but we've bumped up the performance now so that you'll be able to run a lot more applications. You'll find uh, some very nice uh, new things like being able to run desktop game applications under Windows. So uh, you'll have enough graphics performance there to actually run a lot of those like uh, World of Warcraft, uh, League of Legends, things like that you can run on that uh, Bay Trail tablet. Yeah, we tried out some of those today, and uh, that you know they certainly seem a, a, you know a lot uh, a lot smoother and uh, yeah more more uh, you know a more practical platform for uh, for gaming. Yeah, we think people will really enjoy and the nice smooth experience you get on those games and the excellent battery life. So you'll not only get to game better, you'll get to game longer. And so I think what people will really like that. They'll also like having a little bit more screen resolution, you know, a little more eye candy with the new tablets. Yep. Now you talked a bit about performance, and um, yeah, there've been various numbers sort of bandied around over the over the last few months in terms of uh, uh, you know potential performance. We heard you know that th- three times performance figure mentioned, uh, you know, battery life five times better, and so on. Um, but you know, in reality, those are I guess those are the extremes and certain you know very certain sort of uh, circumstances and and conditions. Can you maybe sort of break that down a little bit in terms of uh, you know where where are the particular things where um, where the battery life improves for for instance certainly now, I heard you mention something about a five x improvement that's kind of a transistor level uh, metric people have been bantying around what we expect to see on uh, the new generation of uh, tablets compared to the previous generation is that uh, on similar types of configurations same screen size same battery capacity. You should get much better performance, like around that 2x, maybe 3x on games, but similar battery life. So we're keeping that power level down there so you still get great 8, 9, 10 hours of battery life depending on what you're doing and depending on which tablet you're using. That's great. So um, what are the particular uh, areas that we're you know, expecting to see uh, you know, new devices sort of coming through for, for instance, a business market where, uh, you know, in, in the past, really, you've had to go with a, uh, you know, a, a core processor if you wanted, you know, adequate performance to, uh, you know, to really, you know, run Office and, you know, typical uh, applications. Um, you know, to run those reasonably well, you, you know, you're usually, um, you know, moving past the, uh, the the Atom processor. Is that an area now we're going to see quite a, you know, quite a dramatic increase in performance? Yeah, you're going to see better performance on the Bay Trail tablets. Um, There's still tablet-level performance. Um, you can do more with them, but if you were wanting to uh, take them into an enterprise, uh, you'll find that the responsiveness that you would get from, say, a core-based computer is going to be very noticeable because with a core processor, you have the ability to turbo up to very high frequencies and get your work done very quickly and it just feels snappier feels responsive and in a business where time is money 
that snappiness, that responsiveness, the ability to get your work done faster, that just means more profits to the bottom line. Sure, but uh, yeah, there are users, I guess, that are that are that are quite me among them that are quite keen to carry around a you know a small tablet uh, that can maybe you know dock in or use wireless to uh, to display. Uh, and yeah, it, it, I mean, what are you expecting will be the response from users as they move to some of these new devices with maybe seven, eight inch, uh, and ten inch type screens that are linking those up to a uh, you know keyboard and mouse and a monitor. For people like that that uh, aren't necessarily demanding the most uh, powerful applications that are out there. You'll find some enhancements with the Patreon platform that I think you'll find very interesting. You'll be able to connect a keyboard and a mouse, like you said. Uh, you'll also be able to connect wirelessly to a large display, so using the Wi-Di technologies that we've uh, used on previous generation processors. It's now coming to Bay Trail, and because it has some of the technologies that we've had previously in core processors, the Wi-Di, the wireless display performance is very nice. You'll notice a very minimal lag. Uh, and so you could actually use a larger screen for some of your productivity work and get away without having to connect wires. Or if you wanted to, you could connect it up with a wire also. Sure. And uh, with Windows 8.1 uh, coming with uh, with Miracast uh, support, I guess, you know, just makes that whole, uh, that whole process a whole lot easier, having that as part of the operating system, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, looking at it, at it from uh, from a gaming perspective, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the uh, the performance and uh, yeah, how how you found it. Yeah. So, Baytrail in general offers a much more uh, fluid and responsive gaming experience. I think for tablet gamers uh, than the previous generation products. Uh, definitely, before uh, we've been able to, you know provide you know pretty good performance on things like windows 8 app store games and there have been some uh you know desktop games that you could play but definitely with bay trail this the the potential library of games that you can play is much bigger you can play them uh, much higher resolutions on your new high-res display um especially with the mouse and keyboard you can even consider playing you know a few some, some of the first person shooters uh strategy games generally work run really well uh, maybe even some of the racing games. So, um, and we've definitely seen, as Matt mentioned before, uh, huge impor- uh, increases in performance in terms of pure uh, pure performance numbers, usually 3x, or, and sometimes northwards northwards of that. And that's because of the new uh, embedded graphics that uh, is in this new platform? That's right. So uh, with Baytrail, it's the first Atom platform, Atom tablet platform, that's going to in- uh, incorporate the Intel HD graphics. And so with Intel HD graphics, we get a lot more uh, gaming performance and a, a much better gaming experience. So what we're seeing with this generation is uh, it seems like, you know, the focus is around, uh, you know, the experience for, you know, for the user rather than the past. We saw processes that just kept getting faster and faster, but without thinking, um, you know, about what a, what a, you know, a user might be particularly interested in in terms of battery life and, and other things. Uh, and, and um, you know, 
yeah, I guess the the uh, you know the improvements are uh, um, yeah are specific to particular areas, aren't they? Um, and seem to be drawing uh, from I guess the you know the core processes. So some of those technologies are now uh, coming down and becoming uh, you know standard, such as sixty four bit, for instance. That you know we're not used to Adam having that, but that was in the core processes. But that's now coming coming through as well as the graphics. Yeah, well, I would say in general that we're finding out the user experience uh, is definitely the, the key thing, right? It's really about what is the end user when he buys his device, his or her device, you know, what is their experience? Are they enjoying their usage model? Wh- whatever the usage models are. You know, it's great to be able to talk about megahertz like that has happened in the past, but ultimately, well, was, is the user happy with the device they bought? Do they feel like it's money well spent? Are they enjoying using it for what they want to do on it? That's probably the most important thing, and that's how we really generate... Uh, great products for our customers. So, um, talking, look at looking at that user experience side. We had a look through the uh, the the labs today. Uh, we've got you know a robot set up and you know a, a, a range of uh, a range of areas that uh, uh, that you, that you're testing. Um, can you maybe tell us a little bit about the um, you know what what those what those tests are and uh, you know why why you do those? Sure. Um, so really, when we talk about user experience, it's a much more difficult thing to quantify than things like megahertz or seconds and frames per second. Really, what we want to be able to do is take things like objective metrics, you know, how fast does your device respond to a touch gesture? How quickly does your, um, how quickly does your device you know, do something, a simple operation like edit a photo, and relate that to, well, if it's this fast, what is the end user's experience? You know, what is the performance level, that objective metric level that you need to reach to get a user to be, okay, that's fast. I feel I'm happy with this. And and that's a moving target, but what we want to do is be able to develop that ability to turn those objective metrics into, okay, my end user's happy. Right. So what we use we do is develop a whole set of tools, and this has been an ongoing project for a few years now. Um, like uh, automated uh, we have an automated robot that actually will do gestures on a device, touch gestures on a device that will give us those objective metrics, like how quickly did the display respond? Uh, was there a latency? Uh, how smoothly is the, the touch gesture being animated on the screen? And what we can do through extensive user studies and research that we've been able to turn determine, okay, what are those levels of objecti- objective performance metrics that will give end users a positive experience and that they'll be happy with it? And really, that's been how we've been able to uh, quantify, you know, what makes users happy? Yeah, I mean, it seems like you put quite a bit of effort into into putting those labs together. It was interesting, yeah, you know, just seeing the robot and able to run through and do all the things that a, that an individual person might uh, might do, and then you were capturing it with what was it a uh, was that one of the red cameras? Yeah, that's correct. We've actually invested a lot of money into this is Hollywood level equipment, to very high speed cameras, so we can measure. Uh, something like a touch gesture, how quickly your spe- screen responds, is measured in milliseconds. And so we've been investing in high-speed technology, uh, uh, talking to, you know, seeing what does Hollywood do with their latest video technology to help us develop these tools to do this analysis. Yeah, I mean it's the same gear. Certainly, uh, you know, Peter Jackson's known to be uh, to be using in in, in New Zealand. Uh, so I was a bit surprised to see uh, to see one of those sitting uh, uh, sitting in the in the testing lab. But do oh, you yeah, need do you really fans. need to go to that sort of level of uh, of detail? Oh yeah, absolutely. So the more accurate, the more uh, high, the more higher speed camera that we use, the more accurate we can be with our measurements, and that gives us 
more granularity, more resolution, and more ability to be accurate in our analysis of those metrics that make end users happy. Cool. Now, um, something that I guess is a little bit of a change in the past. Uh, you know, Android has you know has been a platform that you know traditionally run uh, with ARM processors, but it seems like uh, with this this product release, uh, you've really uh, you know set your sights on uh, uh, you know making making sure that there's Intel chips inside uh, more tablets and and phones really going forward. Um, Sort of comparing, you know, performance and so on. How, uh, you know, how uh, how has the Bay Trail, uh, you know, plat- how's the pl- Bay Trail platform sort of looking, um, you know, side by side uh, with the with the ARM processors? I would say that the performance is, is looking really great. Actually, um, I think we compare favorably against a lot of a lot of ARM processors in Android, and it's really great because it gives us a chance to expand to more. Uh, users that are used to their Android devices and uh, provide them with a great experience as well. And so since our analysis tools are user agnostic, we can do these touch gestures on any device. We definitely are trying to make sure our Android users are having a great experience as well. Yeah. I think today that you were calling out maybe Tegra 4 and you know where you, where you stood against the uh, yeah, Tegra 4. Yeah, I think what happened in the previous generation... Um, we were able to make a statement with the Clovertrail family of products that Intel can achieve those low power levels. And I think that was a shock to some people. Sure. But we clearly hit some very low power levels, delivered great battery life. Now with Baytrail, we're keeping that same low power level and yet cranking the performance up quite a bit. And so we're, um, I think, going to surprise some people. And uh, we believe that this Baytrail platform is going to be an industry leader in both performance and the low power capabilities. Good. So, uh, what sort of you know what sort of products are we are we likely to see? Um, do you think they're going to be competitive with uh, you know with the other products on the market, the ARM based uh, yeah, products that we've seen in the past? Absolutely, very competitive. In fact, leading in many areas. Okay. Now. Uh, I guess we, we you know we look at um, yeah, a lot of the, the smaller tablets. I mean, they tend to be uh, iOS uh, or Android. What uh, do you do you see uh, do you see an opportunity here with Apple? <laughs> we always uh, would love to do more business with Apple. They're a great customer, and we value them greatly. Now, what sort of challenges are there with moving from a thirty-two bit to a sixty-four bit? Uh, Platform. Um, one of the things that uh, that I heard today was that uh, initially Windows will only be running uh, the 32-bit version of it on top of uh, Baytrail. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that? Because I think you know people are interested to hear. Oh, 64 bits coming, uh, you know, to to add in with with Baytrail, uh, and thinking, oh wow, this means we can address a lot more memory and, and take advantage of that. But that's not quite the case just yet, is it? Uh, the initial implementations with Bay Trail will be running 32-bit versions of the operating systems. And uh, it's funny, you know, we had this whole uh, discussion a few years back on the PC side of things, 32-bit versus 64-bit. You hit on, I think, the biggest uh, value there to end users is the ability to address more memory. And we're not seeing a lot of tablets out there yet going above 2 gigabytes of memory, but uh, memory does tend to go up. So as you move to a 64-bit operating system, uh, it'll be memory addressability, I think, more than performance that factors in there. 
Now we're seeing um, at launch the um, yeah the, the uh, bay trail systems. Uh, I mean, they vary in terms of how much memory they can address. I think uh, four gig is sort of listed as the maximum at this stage. Uh, is there any reason those won't be able to push up to uh, you know similar sorts of sizes we see in uh, you know traditional PCs today? Yeah, I believe right now technically with a 32-bit operating system, the maximum you can address is is the four gigabytes. Um, as you look ahead to future to implementations that run 64-bit operating systems, then you'd be able to go to the larger memory capacity uh, beyond the 4 gigabytes. Okay. Is so that the question? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we shouldn't expect too many issues there. And any other big, uh, you know, any other sort of uh, challenges with this with this platform uh, change that uh, that you're seeing? Uh, challenges. I see a lot of really great things coming from it. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of any challenges. Perhaps uh, I don't know. I mean, ha- how how will you uh, you know convince companies that have been uh, I, I guess you know particularly on the Android uh, side, uh, you know, producing ARM ARM based uh, you know tablets in particular? How are you going to convince them to uh, consider making making a change? That I guess there's not too many technical challenges to uh, to making that change. I mean, Android seems to readily run uh, across both platforms. Uh, an application written for one runs on uh, on on Atom without being changed, doesn't it? Because of the way the uh, the code is generally written, is that the case? Yep. So we're able to run the, the native Android code, so it's very easy there for anyone. Uh, we basically produce tablets that uh, run Android, and the applications that are out there run just fine on our platform. In addition, if somebody wants to take very similar hardware and build a tablet that runs Windows, they can do the same thing. So they'd be able to cover two worlds there with the uh, roughly the same hardware being able to sell windows tablets and android tablets and reach perhaps a little bit larger market going after people that may value android or some people may value windows okay yeah some of the hardware we saw today seemed to you know be identical but you know one of them had android on it one of them had windows 8.1 on so yeah that was interesting to see now uh, an area that's probably not being talked about mu- much here uh, is around the server side but with these chips becoming uh, you know being 64 bit and so on um, we're going to see servers that are based on uh, you know this this generation of uh, uh, technology um running virtualization and those sorts of things? Well, I think we had an announcement just last week, and uh, beyond that, uh, we're not ready to talk about what's coming on the server side. Okay. All right, well, uh, thanks very much for your time. It's, uh, it's great to get, a, to get an update, and uh, we look forward to what, uh, what the new technology uh, releases are uh, that are going to draw uh, on the Baytrail platform in terms of new tablets and phones and uh, laptops and so on. Thank you, Paul. Cheers. Well, I trust you enjoyed that. Now, let's jump straight into the next little interview. So right now I'm with uh, Diane Bryant uh, from Intel. Uh, Diane, what's your role at Intel? Uh, so I am Senior Vice President of Intel, and I'm the General Manager of Intel's Data Center and Connected Systems Group. Great. Now, you've just uh, just launched the new uh, Xeon uh, E5 V2. Can you just run through quickly what the, uh, what the highlights are of the new Xeon platform? Uh, so the highlights of the new Xeon platform are tremendous. So number one, we continue to deliver increased performance, so a 50% increase in performance. And we continue to deliver greater energy efficiency through things like the move to the next generation process technology, so a 45% improvement in energy efficient computing. And then we have 
uh, innovated in very targeted areas to not just serve uh, the server workstation or server application base, but also serve networking and storage. So we have new security features that we've embedded into the processor, as well as accelerations for um, level three packet processing, as well as data reliability features that are fundamental to the storage market. That's great. Now, it seems like you've got some uh, new customers coming on board in the networking space. Can, uh, can you tell us what you've done there to, uh, to attract that attention? Uh, you mentioned uh, Huawei and you know, a, range of, a range of others. Yeah, I think the networking market is recognizing the opportunity to move off of proprietary fixed function appliances, which um, is what's prevalent today, and those, those generally run on alternative architectures, non-Intel architectures, to move that infrastructure onto standard Intel high-volume solutions. And this is a industry move that's uh, been named software-defined networks. And in addition to software-defined networks, the telco market has also identified a, a trend called network function virtualization, which is take all of those proprietary functions, whether it's firewalls or gateways or uh, SSL offload solutions, uh, VPN, move those from a proprietary box onto as an application running on a virtual machine on standard Intel hardware. And this is an a industry transformation that's occurring. Um, we have demonstrated the transformation of the server industry uh, starting back in 1997 when we got into the server market, when it was all proprietary architectures. That same transformation is now moving to the network. So all the benefits of standard high-volume horizontal building blocks driving down the capital costs and driving down the operational costs and getting making the network um, far more cost-effective effi- and far more uh, responsive to delivering new services. Great. Now, uh, looking at your business customers that have got uh, replacement cycles coming up for servers and so on, uh, how soon are we going to start seeing new servers from the IBMs, HPs, and so on? Uh, you will see new servers immediately. So our, our direct customers, the, the systems providers, they have their systems ready to go. And if you go out and look at their websites today, I bet you'll see all kinds of new offerings. Good news. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Now, the next interview we're going to hear is a little bit about what uh, Dell actually has coming soon. But before I do that, I'd like to uh, talk through another product. Now, at the end of uh, of IDF, there was an invite-only event with about 30 media representatives from uh, from around the world. And uh, this was uh, this was led by the uh, the CEO CEO of um, Azus, and uh, it's where they've built some of the most interesting products. Actually, I've seen from them in quite a number of of years. Now, before starting, we were reminded uh, of the huge success that Azus had. Uh, that really starting in 2007 with a product that they called the EPC became known as the netbook uh, and this was really a hugely successful uh, category and many millions of uh, netbooks of course were, were sold following uh, that launch. Uh, and that was, I guess, that was that was the intro. And uh, really, what they were what they were leading into was the, was the newest product from ASUS, and uh, and their expectation that it would be as much of a game changer as the netbook was in its day. Um, look, I'll let you decide whether whether you agree or not. Uh, but let me run you run you through the highlights of of this new product. It's the um, ASUS Transformer Book T100. 
and uh, it gets its launch on the 18th of October, which is when Microsoft uh, will be making Windows 8.1 broadly available. So first up, the uh, the Transformer Book T100 is a Windows 8.1 tablet. Uh, it has a 10.1 inch screen, and inside is Intel's new uh, new Atom uh, chip, the, uh, the based on the Baytrail platform, and this is a quad core uh, processor, and it also comes with the uh, the the HD uh, graphics from uh, from an Intel as well. It's associated uh, with with Baytrail. Uh, apparently, it has up to uh, up to eleven hours battery life, uh, and a, and an HD IPS display. That means a resolution of thirteen hundred and sixty six by seven hundred and sixty eight pixels. Uh, the T one hundred has thirty two gigs of uh, of storage, uh, USB three port, uh, and as well as Windows eight point one uh, on its touch screen, uh, it comes with uh, a bundled copy of Microsoft Office. Now, this particular machine, and maybe given away by its its Transformer Book name, uh, is really a hybrid uh, tablet. And laptop device, so it really can perform, uh, uh, you know, both the function of a tablet and can operate on its own as a 10.1 inch tablet. Uh, but it also comes bundled with a keyboard that you can snap the tablet into, uh, effectively turning it into a uh, uh, a laptop uh, or or a netbook, as we used to uh, as we used to call them. Now, a pretty sharp uh, looking machine, but the really interesting point. Is that it launches into uh, the market uh, in the U.S. certainly at a price of 349 U.S. dollars. Now this is uh, uh, $50 cheaper than the price that the uh, original uh, netbooks launched at at 399. Uh, there will also be a $399 model, uh, which will include 64 gigabytes worth of storage rather than the uh, 32 but for that base model uh, it seems quite likely that we're going to see that launched into the New Zealand market probably at about a $599 price point in- including GST uh, so you know very very uh, low price point for uh, you know for something that uh, covers both the, the, the tablet task and the uh, and the and the the task of a smaller laptop, and includes Microsoft Office. So yeah, I think this one's going to be um, a, a product that uh, that could do reasonably well, depending on, uh, on on what other competition comes into the market for it. But it's certainly price competitive with uh, similarly sized tablets that run uh, run iOS or or Android. So uh, certainly uh, Microsoft with Azus as their partner here are really trying to put some heat on uh, on what's in the what's in the market already. So uh, yeah, not not too far off before it lands in the country. Now also alongside it is going to be a uh, a model called the T three hundred Azus Transformer Book T three hundred. This one comes with a thirteen inch uh, display and uh, rather than being atom based we'll uh, we'll have a core uh, i5 or i7 uh, processor in it uh, the, the the Haswell uh, chip and that's going to start around the uh, US $999 mark uh, and move move up from there uh, depending on the size of storage and so on that's in it 
So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly be reporting back once we've had uh, more time of, of hands-on with it. But the time I spent on it, it seemed like a really snappy uh, snappy device, very fluid, uh, nice to use, reasonable quality build too. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't feel particularly, uh, you know, cheap as, as a lot of those early uh, netbooks did. Uh, so I think that, that's pretty positive. But right now, let's uh, let's uh, keep on moving and let's hear what's next from Dell. So right now, I'm uh, here with Dell's Neil Hand, and we're looking at the Dell Venue 8 Pro. Now, this is uh, this is Dell's first Bay Trail uh, product. Uh, Neil, welcome, Neil, welcome along. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the Venue 8 Pro. Well, it's great to be here. The, the Venue 8 Pro is our first Baytrail system, as you said, but it's full Windows 8 in a package you can easily har- carry and ha- handle every day. It's less than 9 millimeters thick, less than 400 grams, but it has all-day battery, get, can run any kind of application you want on, in the Windows world. Yeah, I mean, it looks, in terms of form fact, it just looks like a, you know, if, if it's not turned on, just looks like a really nice uh, Android uh, tablet. You'd, you'd have no idea um, that, it, that it was actually win- Windows, Windows-based, other than a very small uh, uh, logo at the top. So what, uh, what can you run us through in terms of uh, specifications on this? Well, we haven't announced all of the features on this product at this point, but it is an 8-inch screen that allows you to run any Windows application. Um, it also does actually have wireless WAN options with LTE, so it can connect to the world and, and be used that way. But really that focus on having something as a full personal computer in your pocket you can carry around anytime you want to that switches on instantly to be able to listen to music, watch a movie, or download a file from somewhere back in your office and still be able to use it. And uh, I mean, being Windows based, and I guess uh, that means it, it comes with with Microsoft Office as well. Uh, does that mean we're looking at a really big price premium over the uh, the Android eight inch tablets? Well, no, I think we'll find that, as you said, it does include a full Windows Office suite. We haven't announced pricing yet, but it's going to be competitive with what needs to be for the average customer. If you say, I've got a tablet for my pocket that I want to be able to go use. Cool. Now, something that uh, seems to be coming through on Windows 8 uh, tablets, uh, particularly the smaller ones, is that the Windows key has disappeared off the uh, off the front of the tablet. Um, what, why have uh, Why have you chosen to uh, to do that? Well, we actually worked with Microsoft when we were looking at all the form factor and the way people actually held tablets. Actually, taking your hand off of holding it and pressing a button on the front just didn't work. So we worked with them to remove the, the location of the switch to the side. So when you're hand, handling it on the side, your finger is naturally in the right location to press the home button so you can get back to the, to the home screen and then slide through applications without moving your hands off it. You're not going to risk dropping it and cracking that beautiful screen. Great. Well, it looks very nice, and we look forward to hearing uh, a little bit more about uh, what you're going to be releasing uh, in the weeks ahead and, uh, you know, final pricing and specifications. Thanks very much for your time, Neil. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for listening into this episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Don't forget, you can follow us uh, through various social media channels, uh, facebook.com slash nztechpodcast, uh, and twitter.com slash nztechpodcast being the two most popular ones. And you can email us, feedback at nztechpodcast.com. So uh, thank you, everyone, for, for, uh, for listening and for joining me on this episode. And you can also follow me, Paul Spain, on Twitter uh, at Paul Spain.
So thanks, and uh, we'll catch you very, very soon on our uh, on our next episode. See ya. 